one mind to a better board. In this month of February 2017, I'm going to go through and do a series of podcasts talking about making your board more effective. I'm going to start out with the legal requirements that a board has around compliance, move into why a board needs a compliance committee and compliance expertise at the board. I'm going to talk about how the CCO should report to the board and questions that a board compliance committee should ask of a CCO. We're going to take a look at some government guidance and business experience around compliance in the board. We're going to talk about some board failures. We're going to talk about how boards do investigations. We're going to look at boards and internal controls. I'm going to end with a series of specific questions that a board should ask of its chief compliance officer. And on my final day, I'll detail 20 questions that every board should ask of its chief compliance officer. Each day, I will give you a short 10-minute or so podcast with three key takeaways for that day. And I will accompany each podcast with text that you can use. The 20 questions that I referenced will be provided on the final day of February. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey to one month to a more effective board. Welcome to day 18, six areas of board inquiry around compliance. So where does tone at the top start? With any public or private U.S. company, I think it starts at the board of directors. We've talked at length in this podcast series about the role of a board of directors, but I thought it would be a good introduction to today's episode to start with a couple of general statements that I have heard around what's the role of a board. Most interestingly, Mike Tankersley, the Executive Vice President and General Counsel, CSG Investment, gave a couple of thoughts. One was, the board is there to keep really bad things from happening to a company. And a second is, or was, make sure the company exists. And if you think about those statements, they are incredibly general, but they also really speak to a basic truth and reason around the existence of the board and why the board should be so engaged and really what the role of the board is. It is around oversight and it is strategic. And we've visited at length about some of the specific ways that a board can do it. And today I want to lay out a formula that was first articulated in a Deloitte and Touche white paper entitled Risk Intelligence Governance, a Practical Guide for Boards, which laid out six principles to help boards guide in the area of risk governance. And if you substitute compliance for risk governance, I think you can easily see how these will apply. So that's uh, what I'm going to do. Uh, but really, uh, it's a broad area, and you can utilize these factors in a variety of ways. So number one, define the board's role. There must be a mutual understanding between the board, the chief compliance officer, and the senior management of the board's responsibilities around compliance. So if you think about that, 
have you defined the roles? We have talked at length about the role of the board of directors in compliance. We've talked at length about the compliance committee at the board level. But how have you defined those roles? Do you have a charter for your compliance committee? What's the relationship vis-a-vis not simply the chief compliance officer and the compliance function, but also senior management around compliance? How will the board oversee the compliance DNA of the company going forward? Number two, foster a culture of compliance with all stakeholders so that they understand the risks involved and manage such risks accordingly. If you think about this in the context of the risk management process, obviously it's going to be critical that there be a process around this. Certainly the forecasting, the risk assessment, and risk-based monitoring, and risk remediation going forward are four key steps. But how is that communicated from the board? Remember, the board's role is oversight. So you're not going to be involved in the day-to-day tactical decisions. But from the larger perspective or the 40,000-foot perspective, how do you, does the board communicate the risks and management of those risks to the various stakeholders? And remember, stakeholders are simply beyond employee, shareholders, senior management, it could include your customer base. It could include your key third parties from the supply chain. And it certainly could include third parties from the sales side of things. Number three, incorporate risk management directly into a strategy and oversee the design and implementation of a compliance risk evaluation and analysis. This will require a detailed knowledge of compliance at the board level, and I have advocated having a compliance expertise on the board, and that person or persons and that committee or committees should work with the chief compliance officer to have this into the strategic oversight. One of the things you can utilize as a chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner is have a one, three, and five-year long-term strategy. Uh, and then you can modify as input and other information is looped back into your feedback system. But from the board perspective, you should challenge the chief compliance officer on all of these. Number four, help define the company's appetite for compliance risk as all stakeholders need to understand the company's appetite or lack thereof for such risks. So many companies are pretty good at communicating throughout an organization what the appetite for risk is. Some companies are very clear that they want to do business down the middle of the road. They don't need to go to the edges. Some companies want to move to the edges. If you move to the edges and you stay within the law, you can certainly do that. But to do so effectively and do so safely to stay within those edges and stay within the law, you need to have a robust compliance program. Because remember, a compliance program is there to enable you to manage risks effectively. So once it's critical for the board to help define the appetite for risk and then allow the compliance function to put in the appropriate risk mitigation 
processes and procedures so that management can utilize those going forward. Number five, how to execute the risk management process. The risk management process should maintain an approach that is continually monitored and has continuing accountability. This is going to be critical, uh, obviously, from the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. Hallmark number 10 is ongoing monitoring, and that is a part of a best practices compliance program. It's a requirement for an effective compliance program, and having that information and, indeed, that feedback loop with continuing information inputted into your compliance program, into your compliance function, into your chief compliance officer, and the headcount resources to enable them to manage risk going forward. But also, don't forget that second component, continuing accountability. Accountability is uh, really not something we've touched on very much, and certainly a chief compliance officer is going to be accountable and have that accountability, but what is the accountability of others within your organization? And number six, how to benchmark and evaluate the process. Systems need to be installed, which allow for the evaluation and modification of the risk management process as more information becomes available or as facts or assumptions change. So what is your process which allows evaluation? That ties into point number five on continuing monitoring, but that feedback loop, that's only the information. How have you managed that information going forward, and how have you used that information to update your process? So these six areas of inquiry are a very good starting point for uh, any board, and I would uh, urge you to consider uh, this as really a place to begin your inquiry. So what are the three key takeaways? Well, the first takeaway is, let's loop back to Mike Tankersley. Uh, What's the board there to do? It's pretty simple, to keep really bad things from happening to the company. And if you keep that in mind as your role as a board, it is uh, certainly anecdotal, certainly simply stated, but it's also broad enough to incorporate, encompass a lot of uh, different concepts. Number two, do you have a proper understanding of everyone's role in compliance? We've we've really not uh, touched on that uh, too much, but having each each stakeholder understand their role, the board understands their role, senior management understands their role, the CEO understands their role, the shareholders understand their role, the customers understand their role, the third parties understand their roles, and the employees understand their roles. So, do you have a understanding of everyone's responsibility? And then the continuous feedback and incorporation of that feedback into your compliance program going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 18 of One Month to a Better Board, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 19. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining for today's episode of 30 Days to a Better Board. This series is based on my seminal work, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. It's available from Compliance Week, and you can check it out on their website, compliancework.com. I hope you will join me tomorrow for another episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.